Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel, tucked away here in the Haven. <clears throat> the world is going through trauma after trauma, and we aim to try to help relieve that trauma by distributing the transcendental sound of Srila Prabhupada's spoken word, his spoken kirtan that was meant to uplift the world. So we're just doing our little bit, our little part. Um, we hope it's helping someone out there. <clears throat> I know some of you are getting a lot of help and I hope that it spreads and relieves the tension and the conflict and the <clears throat> dependence on other things other than spiritual sound for solutions to material problems because there aren't any solutions to material problems except <clears throat> spiritual solutions and this is the first one, shravanam the most important aspect of spiritual life shravanam kirtanam hearing and chanting the glories of the holy name and, and pastimes uh, of the Lord, the Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay, Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami. Glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam in a wonderful way in just five verses. They go like this <clears throat> Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala. Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kali Dwanduditaditya Shri Krishna Paribhartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamad bhagya madanandanamostute My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu, sadu tadayin, atini chuchatakada, hanamunchagadachin mam, prem narit kantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me, always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya All right, we've reached the sixth chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the Purusha Sukta, confirmed. Lord Brahma is continuing to instruct Brahma and clarifying that there is a supreme being beyond him. We're, we're beginning with text 37. Since neither Lord Shiva nor you nor I could ascertain the limits of spiritual happiness, how can other demigods know it? And because all of us are bewildered by the illusory external energy of the Supreme Lord, we can, we can see only this manifested cosmos according to our individual ability. Purport We have many times mentioned the names of twelve selected authorities, Dvadasha, Mahajana, of which Brahma, Narada, and Lord Shiva head the list as the first, second, and third in order of merit of those who know something of the Supreme Lord. Other demigods, semi-demigods, Gandharvas, Charanas, Vidyadharas, human beings or Asuras cannot possibly know fully about the potencies of the Absolute Lord, Sri Krishna. The demigods, semi-gods, the demigods, semi-demigods, Gandharvas, and so on, are all highly intelligent persons in the upper planets. The human beings are inhabitants of the intermediate planets, and the Asuras are inhabitants of the lower planets. All of them have their respective conceptions and estimations of the Absolute Truth, as does the scientist or the empiric philosopher in human society. All such living entities are creatures of the material nature, and consequently they are bewildered by the wonderful display of the three modes of material nature. Such bewilderment is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita 7.13 Tribir Gunavayar Bhavayar Abhik Sarvamidang Jagat Every entity, beginning from Brahma down to the ant, is individually bewildered by the three modes of material nature, namely goodness, passion, and ignorance. Everyone thinks in terms of individual capacity that this universe, which is manifested before us, <clears throat> is all in all. And so the scientist in the human society of the 20th century calculates the beginning and end of the universe in his own way. But what can the scientists know? Even Brahma himself was once bewildered, thinking himself the only Brahma, but later on, by the grace of the Lord, he came to know that there are innumerable <clears throat> he came to know that there are innumerable more powerful Brahmas as well in far bigger universes beyond this universe 
and all of these universes combined together form Ekapad Vibhuti, or one-fourth of the manifestation of the Lord's creative energy. The other three-fourths of His energy is displayed in the spiritual world. And so what can the tiny scientists with their tiny brains know of the Absolute Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna? The Lord says, therefore, Mohitam na bijanati ma mebyak paramabhyayam. Bewildered by the modes of material nature, they cannot understand that beyond these manifestations is the Supreme Person, who is the absolute controller of everything. Brahma, Narada, and Lord Shiva know about the Lord to a considerable extent, and therefore, one should follow the instructions of these great personalities instead of being satisfied with a tiny brain and its playful discoveries such as spacecraft and similar products of science. As the mother is the only authority to, to identify the father of a child, so the mother Vedas presented by the recognized authority such as Brahma, Narada or Shiva is the only authority to inform us about the Absolute Truth. Hmm. Text 38 Let us offer our respectful obeisances unto that Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose incarnations and activities are chanted by us for glorification, though He can hardly be fully known as He is. Purport. It is said that the Lord's transcendental name, form, qualities, pastimes, paraphernalia, personality, and so on cannot possibly be perceived by the gross materialistic senses. But when the senses are purified by the process of hearing, chanting, remembering, and worshipping the lotus feet of the holy deity, and so on, the Lord reveals Himself proportionately to the advancement of the quality of devotional service. Yayatamam prabhajante tangs tataiva prajamyaham. One should not expect the Lord to be an order supplying agent who must be present before us as soon as we desire to see Him. We must be ready to undergo the prescribed devotional duties following the path shown by the predecessors in the disciplic succession from Brahma, Narada, and similar authorities. As the senses are progressively purified by bona fide devotional service, the Lord reveals His identity according to the spiritual advancement of the devotee. But one who is not in the line of devotional service can hardly perceive Him simply by calculations and philosophical speculations. Such a hard worker can present a jugglery of words before an audience, but can never know the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His personal feature. The Lord has clearly stated in the Bhagavad Gita that one can know Him only by devotional service. No one can know the Lord by any puffed-up material process of challenge. 
But the humble devotee can please the Lord by his earnest devotional activities. Thus the Lord reveals himself proportionately before the devotee. Lord Brahma therefore offers his respectful obeisances as a bona fide spiritual master and advises us to follow the process of Shravana and Kirtana. Simply by this process, or simply by hearing and chanting the glories of the activities of the Lord's incarnation, one can certainly see within himself the identity of the Lord. We have already discussed this subject in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam in connection with this verse, Touch Chadadana Muneyo Jnana Vairagya Yuktaya Pashyat Yat Manichatmanam Bhaktya Bhaktya Shruta Grihitaya That's Bhagavatam 1, 2, 12. The conclusion is that one cannot know the Supreme Personality of Godhead fully by any method, but he can be seen and felt partially by the devotional process of hearing, chanting, etc. Text 39 The Supreme, Original, Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna, expanding His plenary portion as Mahavishnu, the first incarnation, creates this manifested cosmos, but he is unknown. But he is unborn, excuse me. But he and he is but he is unborn. I'll read that again. That supreme original personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna, expanding his plenary portion as Mahavishnu, the first incarnation creates this manifested cosmos, but he is unborn. The creation, however, takes place in him, and the material substance and manifestations are all himself. He maintains them for some time and absorbs them into himself again. Purport The creation is non-different from the Lord, and still he is not in the creation. This is explained in the Bhagavad Gita 9.4 as follows. Maya tatamidang sarvang jagat avyakta murtina matstani sarvabhutani nachaham te shravastitaha The impersonal conception of the Absolute Truth is, is also a form of the Lord called avyakta murti. Murti means form, but because his impersonal feature is inexplicable to our limited senses, he is the avyakta murti form. And in that in inexplicable form of the Lord, the whole creation is resting. Or in other words, the whole creation is the Lord himself, and the creation is also non-different from him. But simultaneously, he as the original personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, is aloof from the created, created manifestation. The impersonalist gives stress to the impersonal form or feature of the Lord and does not believe in the original personality of the Lord. But the Vaishnavas accept the original form of the Lord, of whom the impersonal form is merely 
one of the features. The impersonal and personal conceptions of the Lord are existing simultaneously. And this fact is clearly described both in the Bhagavad Gita and in the Srimad Bhagavatam and also in other Vedic scriptures. Inconceivable to, to human intelligence, the idea must simply be accepted on the authority of the scriptures and it can only be practically realized by the progress of devotional service unto the Lord and never by mental speculation or inductive logic. The impersonalists depend more or less on inductive logic and therefore they always remain in darkness about the original personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Their conception of Krishna is not clear, although everything is clearly mentioned in all the Vedic scriptures. A poor fund of knowledge cannot comprehend the existence of an original personal form of the Lord when he is expanded in everything. This imperfectness is due more or less to the material conception that a substance distributed widely in parts can no longer exist in the original form. The original personality of Godhead, Adyaha, Govinda, expands himself as the Mahavishnu, incarnation, and rests in the causal ocean, which he himself creates. The Brahma Sangita 547 confirms this as follows Yakaranar Navajale Bhajati Smayoga Nidram Ananta Jagadanta Sadomakupaha Adara Shaktim Abalambya Param Swamurtim Govinda Mari Purusham Tamaham Bhajami Lord Brahmaji says in his Brahma Sangita I worship the primeval Lord Govinda who lies down in the causal ocean in his plenary portion as Mahavishnu with all the universes generating from the pores of hair on his transcendental body and who accepts the mystic slumber of eternity. So this Mahavishnu is the first incarnation in the creation and from him all the universes are generated and all material manifestations are produced, one after another. The causal ocean is created by the Lord as the Mahatattva, as a cloud in the spiritual sky, and is only a part of his different manifestations. The spiritual sky is an expansion of his personal rays, and he is the Mahatattva cloud also. He lies down and generates the universes by his breathing and again by entering into each universe as Garbhadrakashai Vishnu he creates Brahma, Shiva and many other demigods for maintenance of the universe and again absorbs the whole thing into his person as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.7 Sarvabhutani Konteya Pakritim yanti mamikam kalpak chaye punastani kalpadao vishrijam yaham. O son of Kunti, when the kalpa or the duration of the life of Brahma is ended, 
then all the creative manifestations enter into my prakriti, or energy. And again, when I desire, the same creation takes place by my personal energy. The conclusion is that these are all but displays of the Lord's inconceivable personal energies, of which no one can have any full information. This point we have already discussed. Texts 40 and 41. The personality of Godhead is pure, being free from all contaminations of material tinges. He is the absolute truth and the embodiment of full and perfect knowledge. He is all-pervading, without beginning or end, and without rival. O Narada, O great sage, the great thinkers can know him when completely freed from all material hankerings and when sheltered under undisturbed conditions of the senses. Otherwise, by untenable arguments, all is distorted and the Lord disappears from our sight. Purport Here is an estimation of the Lord apart from His transcendental activities in the temporary material creations. Mayavad philosophy tries to designate the Lord as contaminated by, by a material body when he accepts forms of incarnation. This sort of interpolation is completely denied herein by the explanation that the Lord's position is pure and unalloyed in all circumstances. According to Mayavad philosophy, the Supreme Lord, when covered by nations, is designated as Jiva, but when freed from such ignorance or nations, he merges into the impersonal existence of the Absolute Truth. But here it is said that the Lord is eternally the symbol of full and perfect knowledge. This is his specialty, perpetual freedom from all material contaminations. This distinguishes the Lord from the individual common living entities who have the aptitude for being subordinated by nations and thus becoming materially designated. In the Vedas it is said that the Lord is vijnanam anandam, full of knowledge and bliss. The conditioned souls are never to be equated with Him because the individual souls have the tendency to become contaminated. Although after liberation the living entity can become one with the same quality of existence as the Lord, his very tendency to become contaminated, which the Lord never has, makes the individual living entity different from the Lord. In the Vedas it is said, Shuddham apapa vidam The individual Atma becomes polluted by sin, but the Lord is never contaminated by sins. The Lord is compared to the powerful sun. The sun is never contaminated by anything infectious because it is so powerful. On the contrary, infected things are sterilized by the rays of the sun. 
Similarly, the Lord is never contaminated by sins, or on the contrary, the sinful living entities become sterilized by contact with the Lord. This means that the Lord is also all-pervading, like the sun. And as such, the word pratyak is used in this verse. Nothing is excluded from the existence of the expansions of the Lord's potencies. The Lord is within everything, and He is all-covering also, without being disturbed by the activities of the individual souls. He is therefore infinite, and the living entities are infinitesimal. In the Vedas it is said that only the Lord exists independently and that all others' existences depends on Him. He is the generating reservoir for everyone's existential capacity. He is the supreme truth, the basis of all other categorical truths. He is the source of everyone's opulence, and therefore no one can be equal he, can no one can equal him in opulence being full of all opulences namely wealth fame strength beauty knowledge and renunciation certainly he is the supreme person and because he is a person he has many personal qualities although he is transcendental to the material modes we have already discussed the statement Itam Bhutta Guno Harii Bhagavatam 1.7.10 His transcendental qualities are so attractive that even the liberated souls, Atmaramas, are also attracted by them. Although possessed of all personal qualities, he is nevertheless omnipotent. Therefore, personally, he has nothing to do for everything is being carried out by his omnipotent energies. This is confirmed by the Vedic mantras Parasya Shaktir Vividaiva Shruyate Swabhaviki Jnanapala Kriya Cha. This suggests his specific spiritual form, which can never be experienced by the material senses. He can be seen only when the senses are purified by devotional service. Yam evaisha fri, yam evaisha vrinute tena labhyas, tasyaisha atma vrinute tanum swam. Kata Upanishad, 1 2 23. As such, there are basic differences between the Lord and the living entities in so many respects. No one can be compared with the Lord, as the Dvedas declare, ekam evadvitiyam brahma dvaitad vai brahmyam babati We'll say that again. ekam evadvitiyam brahma dvaitad vai vayam babati The Lord has no competitor and he has nothing to fear from any other being, nor can anyone be equal to him. Although he is the root of all other beings, there are basic differences between him and other beings. Otherwise, there would be, 
there would have been no necessity for the statement in text 38 that no one can know him 100% as he is. Yam, yang, nayam vidanti tatvena that no one can fully understand him is explained in the present verses also. That no one can fully understand him is explained in the present verses also. But the qualification for understanding him to some degree is also mentioned here. Only the prashantas or the unalloyed devotees of the Lord can know him to some extent. The reason is that the devotees have no demands in their lives but to be obedient servants of the Lord, while all others, namely the empiric philosophers, the mystics, and the fruitive workers, all basically have some demand, and as such they cannot be pacified. The fruitive worker wants... The fruitive worker... <clears throat> wants reward for his work. The mystic wants some perfection of life and the empiric philosopher wants to merge into the existence of the Lord somehow or other. As long as there is the demand for sense satisfaction, there is no chance for purification. On the contrary, by unnecessary, dry, speculative arguments, the whole matter becomes distorted and thus the Lord moves still further away from our understanding. The dry speculators, however, because of their following the principles of austerity and penance, can have knowledge of the impersonal features of the Lord to some extent, but there is no chance of their understanding His ultimate form as Govinda, because only the Amalatmanas, or the completely sinful persons, can accept pure devotional service to the Lord, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 7.28. Yesham twantagatang papam jananam punya karmanam te dvandvo te dvandva mohanir mukta bhajante mam dridavrtaha Text 42 Karanarnavashayi Vishnu is the first incarnation of the Supreme Lord and he is the master of eternal time, space, cause and effects, mind, the elements, the material ego, the modes of nature, the senses, the universal form of your Lord, Garbhodakashayi Vishnu and the sum total of all living beings, both moving and non-moving.
all I, I saw. I'm, I'm responding to Vaishikabhu who just called me in the middle of the reading. Forgive me for this uh, disturbance. Well, it's not a disturbance, but for this pause. The living entities. Where did I leave off? Huh? Starting the purport. Purport. That the material creation is not permanent has been discussed many times herein before. The material creation is but a temporary exhibition of the material energy of the Almighty God. This material manifestation is necessary to give a chance to the conditioned souls who are unwilling to associate with the Lord in the relationship of loving transcendental service. Such unwilling conditioned souls are not allowed to enter into the liberated life of spiritual existence because at heart they are not willing to serve. Instead, they want to enjoy themselves as imitation gods. The living entities are constitutionally eternal servitors of the Lord, but some of them, because of misusing their independence, do not wish to serve. Therefore, they are allowed to enjoy the material nature, which is called maya, or illusion. It is called illusion because the living beings under the clutches of maya are not factually enjoyers, although they think that they are, being illusioned by maya. Such illusioned living entities are given a chance at intervals to rectify their perverted mentality of becoming false masters of the material nature, and they are imparted lessons from the Vedas about their eternal relationship with the Supreme Lord Krishna. Vidaishtra Saivar Sarvair Aham Eva So the temporary creation of the material manifestation is an exhibition of the material energy of the Lord. And to manage the whole show, the Supreme Lord incarnates himself as the Karananavashayi Vishnu, just as a magistrate is deputed by the government to manage affairs temporarily. This Karanodakashayi Vishnu causes the manifestation of the material creation by looking over his material energy. energy. Saikshata. In the first canto of this book, we have already discussed this manifestation to some extent in the explanation of the verse beginning Jagrihe Parusham Rupam Bhagavatam 1.3.1 The duration of the illusory play of material creation is called a kalpa and we have already discussed the creations taking place in kalpa after kalpa by the potent activities of Karnadakashayi Vishnu the complete ingredients of creation namely time, space, cause, result, mind I'll read that a little slower by the potent activities of Karnadakashayi Vishnu the complete ingredients of creation namely time, space, cause, result, 
mind, the gross and subtle elements, and their interactional modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance, and then the senses and their reservoir source, the gigantic universal form. The second incarnation, Garbhadakashai Vishnu, and all living beings, both moving and standing, which come out of the second incarnation, all become manifested. Ultimately, all these creative elements and the creation itself are but manifestations of the Supreme Lord's potencies. Nothing is independent of the control of the Supreme Being. The first incarnation in the material creation, namely Karanarna Vishayi Vishnu, who is the plenary part of the original personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, is described in the Brahma Samhita 5.48 as follows. Yas yaikani vashitakala malat atala valambya jivanti loma bilaja jagadanda nataha vishnur mahansa iha yasya kala vishesho govindam adipurusham tamaham bhajami. All the innumerable universes are maintained only during the breathing period of Mahavishnu or Karananavashayi Vishnu. It was, it was, who is only a plenary part of Govinda, the original personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. And we're at 8 o'clock, believe it or not. Hare Krishna, 40 minutes. Okay, we'll stop here, our reading, and we'll begin, begin with text 43 through 45 tomorrow. Tomorrow is Ram Navami, by the way. So I don't know how many of you are going to be free because there are probably festivals everywhere. But we will continue with our daily readings tomorrow, as usual. Okay, now we're waiting, anticipating the uh, reflections of the assembled sages out there in cyberspace all over the world. Hare Krishna. First is from Roy Kanu Devi Dasi. Roy Kanu Devi Dasi, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisance. Jai, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Rathi Manjari. Hey, Rati. Says, Jai Guru Maharaj, the time for upliftment. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, daily life has been is completely bewildering. It's about time for some upliftment, no? From Bhakta Christopher. Yes, Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Rasika Shiraman. Rasika Shiraman, he's in the next room. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj and assembled devotees, all glories to your divine service to Radha Krishna. It just keeps getting better and better, sweeter and sweeter. Hare Krishna, it's the nature of devotional service and especially of this Shravanam Kirtanam uh, process. Anandam, Bodhivardhanam. 
is always increasingly sweeter. Thank you, Asika. One's <coughs> from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Maharaj, Hare Krishna. Cheers to all assembled sages. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. One from Bhakti Noel. Jai Bhakti Noel, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I appreciated hearing the reminder that we must continue our dedication to sincere devotional service, and no one can know Krishna any other way. Yes, that's right. Simply by hearing and chanting in the proper mood, one may please Krishna. To me, this is a no-brainer. This transcendental nectar is a wonderful respite from the dredge of material of the material world. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Certainly true. But this even this hearing isn't enough. The Lord has to choose you to go back to the spiritual world. And how he chooses you is in proportion to how eager you are to hear. How attached you are to hearing. And generally not always, but generally, that is measured by how steadily you do it over time. In other words, it's our duty to convince the Lord by our activities, as Prabhupada would say, first deserve, then desire. So we have to show the Lord that we are sincere by our continuous, unbroken devotional service for some time. We can't just you know, chant for a few hours and wonder why Krishna isn't showing up on our tongue. He is showing up on our tongue, but we can't perceive him. That's the problem. Hare Krishna. Something from Bhakta Rupa. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. He says, Thank you for reading, Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. Very grateful to be able here in a regulated way at the same time each day. Today we heard a lot about how Krishna is beyond the covering of the material energy. I think I must be missing something because it's always seemed like a given that the Lord is beyond the contamination of material energy. Is it the case that Prabhupada is reiterating these facts from different angles so that we really understand it comprehensively? I feel like I must be missing something because it can't be the case that I fully understood this point. Perhaps I'm just a bit deaf this evening. <laughs> Hare Krishna. You're hardly deaf at all. But the fact is, Prabhupada said that he repeats things <clears throat> so that we will remember them. And, as you said, <clears throat> for full comprehension... Thoroughness. It's called thoroughness. But the other thing is that time is so powerful, especially in the Kali Yuga, that if you don't hear regularly the basics, you'll forget them very soon. So therefore, Prabhupada, I was just listening to a, to a morning walk today where one 
godmother of mine was having problem and he was on the morning walk and Prabhupada explained to him that the reason he was having problem was that he didn't hear attentively enough. So it's not that we just put ourselves in this in the well we need to put ourselves in the in the flow of the sound, but we also need to listen attentively. In other words, when we hear with rapt attention, then we get so much more result. And therefore Prabhupada with his superior spiritual intelligence knew us Westerners just by studying us for a year when the first year he was in New York he, nobody came practically and he was just wandering around the streets of New York I mean it was amazing what he did he brought a couple of trunks with the Bhagavatam books and the first three, three volumes of the Bhagavatam that he did in India, Delhi and he, he maintained himself by selling those books for a year. 200 sets. You can imagine how frugal he lived. You, you can't imagine it. So, where was I? Oh, yes. So he told this, this devotee that he wasn't able to explain some of the things that are in Prabhupada's books, especially the 10th canto, because to the people he was preaching to, they just seemed fantastic. They just see them as fantastic and therefore they couldn't take him seriously and he didn't have the answers. And there Prabhupada jumped on him and he said, because you're not hearing properly, attentively. And he pointed to another devotee who was with him for less time and he said he understands and he argues and he defeats others so and the reason you can't is because you haven't heard properly Hare Krishna so that's the reason for the repetition we need it From Bhakti Christopher. Yes, Bhakti Christopher. Hare Krishna. I was thinking about how all living entities are bewildered by the three modes of material nature goodness, passion, and ignorance. I find that we are often blind to the things that influence our actions. I think that it is always good to take a step back and try to see how the modes of material nature are influencing our everyday actions. Your readings are always clarifying and full of transcendental nectar. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, but to Christopher. And I thank you very much. A very nice reflection. And you know, the, the, the 14th chapter, the 17th chapter, the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, there the three modes of nature and how they manifest in our activities and our thoughts. Uh, in many, in different ways, uh, are are explained thoroughly. So, if you study those chapters, you'll get a clearer understanding of how the modes influence and affect us.
Thank you. Hare Krishna. Yes, Anandamurti. Hare Krishna. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading. The Lord can be seen only when the senses are purified by devotional service. This basic information is very, very useful for all living entities to hear again and again. It is amazing that Srila Prabhupada writes these long purports for us through all the Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm. Before yesterday, I have distributed three Bhagavad Gita's during lunch break. These days I feel to distribute Bhagavad Gita, which is the most important and eternal scripture in our life, full of transcendental messages in it, and I feel it is the most important gift for human beings from Srila Prabhupada. Om Tat Sat. Yes, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Very nice reflection. More, pe- more devotees should feel like that. Anandamurti. Hare Krishna. Keep up the good work. And from Bhakta Rupa. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. He says, what's the key to attentive hearing, Maharaj? Well, Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes different uh, things that distract us. One is sleep. One is uh, sense objects. Uh, and there's others. I can't remember them all offhand. But we need to be attentive in our hearing. But in order to do that, we have to actually regulate our senses. If our senses are very regulated, it's easier for us to hear. Like, for instance, we hear at the same time every day. I mean, I may miss 10 minutes or so, you know, but regularly, at the same time every day, we hear, as somebody else mentioned earlier in their reflections, how beneficial it is. And in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Tasmat tvam inriyanyado niyamya bharatarshaba papmanam pridhiyanam jnana vijnana nashanam. He says that this lust or the attraction to the material energy uh, can be overcome by regulating the senses. And this lust is the destroyer of knowledge and uh, realization. So to hear attentively means we have to have pure mind. To have pure mind, you have to have pure senses. To have pure senses, you have to follow the regulated principles strictly. And if you're doing all those things and you're still not completely attentive, practice. Be patient and practice and hear again and again regularly. Regulate your senses and eventually, guaranteed, it's a science, it's a spiritual science, you will get the result. Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept our humble obeisances. Would you please pray for us, your daily reading audience, that we may become more and more eager to hear and to serve the Lord? 
And would you please ask the Lord on our behalf that he may choose us one day? <laughs> well, yes, I can do that. But that's not what the Lord says. You know, that if another person tells him, he, he, he'll, he'll choose you. He, he chooses us according to our uh, devotion, the intensity of our devotion, our eagerness, our loba, our greed. How greedy are we to be with Him? How greedy are we to hear about Him and get to know Him and to associate with Him? So, yes, I pray that every single person Although I do this every day for that very reason, you know, to give the opportunity to everyone to hear, come together and hear and reflect on what we've heard. That gets the mercy of Pr Prabhupada because he was the one who said, just go on discussing Srimad Bhagavatam among yourselves and everything will remain clear. Hare Krishna. Jai commented, but we need the mercy of the Vaishnavas like you to become more and more sincere and purified. Well, Hare Krishna, thank you for your encouragement. He says, Thank you, Hare Krishna. Question from Jagamohan. The proof that you have my blessings, or whatever you want to call them, is that I do this every day, almost without fail. Hare Krishna. That's the evidence in itself. Jagamohan. Haribol Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. In tonight's reading, I especially appreciated how Sri the Prabhupada analogizes how the sun, like the Lord, cannot become contaminated by matter here on earth. Mm. In fact, the sun is the most powerful disinfectant on earth. Yes. It is a simple description, and Prabhupada often uses the sun in his analogies, but these consistent reminders and comparisons in the purports really help my wandering mind. Yes. Thank you once again for the service. So very beneficial for the fallen souls like myself. See, the Prabhupada was such an exemplar, wasn't he? Because he, he was so loyal to the Vedic version. He was so loyal to Shastra. If it's in Shastra, he accepted it. His faith was deep and pure and unmoved by any other arguments. And he would always quote scripture. He would always bring us to the point of uh, hearing whatever the subject matter was being discussed straight from the books, straight from the scripture, without changing it. That, that he, he said himself, if I have any credit, it's because I did not adulterate the teachings. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari says Haribo. Haribo. And I'd like to thank you all very much again. Once again, I'm going to run now and uh, call Vaishnavika Prabhu and hope that I, he'll answer the phone because he's so busy. My best friend, but I can never talk to him. 
Hare Krishna, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samabeda Bhakta Binda ki jai, Gaur Prem Anandi, Hari Hari Bo. Thank you very much. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, as Lord Brahma enlightens us about what actually is going on here. Hare Krishna, see you tomorrow.